Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. This episode is sponsored by Jimmy John's Gourmet Sandwiches with three Amarillo locations, Sansi and I-40, Western and Olson, and downtown across from the ballpark. You might be wondering why a big restaurant chain would be sponsoring a local podcast like this one. Well, these franchise locations are all owned and operated by an Amarillo resident, and they've introduced two new summer wraps, the Chicken Caesar Wrap and the Beefy Bacon Ranch Wrap. So try both of these today at one of the three locally owned Jimmy John's locations. Also, this is the week. This Saturday, July 31st, I'm hosting the Hey Amarillo Beer Fest at Starlight Ranch Event Center. Starting at 5 p.m. on Saturday, you can sample beer from local breweries like Pondacetta, the Big Texan, Six Car, Ald Brewing, and Borger, the Toppled Turtle and Dumas, and a lot more. Tickets are only 30 bucks. They include a concert after the tasting event from Def Legend, the best Def Leppard tribute band in the nation. Pour Some Sugar on Me is my go-to karaoke song, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Get your Beer Fest tickets now at bit.ly slash beerfest21. That's bit.ly slash beerfest21. Hope to see you on Saturday. And as part of this podcast partnership with Brick and Elm Magazine, I also want to give a podcast shout-out to the city of Tucumcari, New Mexico, which is one of my favorite cities along I-40. It's just a 90-minute drive west from Amarillo, and there are so many things to do there. Learn more at visittucumcarynm.com. Today's guest is Abigail Rivera. She's the owner of the Society Barbershop. It's an upscale shop that specializes in men's cuts, beard trims, and more at 34th and Western. Now, Abby's story is a really interesting one because she's a relatively new business owner and entrepreneur. Her shop's only been open a year, but she has been extremely successful. And she didn't come from a business background. She's not originally from Amarillo uh, and actually found herself wading through all the challenges of a woman-owned business during a pandemic. And so we had a lot to talk about. We talked about that, how she ended up in Amarillo, why Hard City has been such a good place for her to experiment with her barbershop concept, which isn't finished. It's still growing and it's exciting. So here's Abby Rivera. Abby Rivera, welcome to the Hey Amarillo podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jason. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, I, uh, I, I want to start the same way that I start with all of my guests and just ask you how you ended up here in the Texas Panhandle. What brought you to Amarillo? So I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. Um, my dad passed away in 2005. I was 15 at the time. My mom had a really rough time uh, trying to make ends meet. So mm-hmm. I had to start working at the age of 15 at that time, I was doing like catering and stuff like that, um, getting paid cash. Um, so in my childhood home, I winded up having to leave that house after my dad passed away. He winded up um, having brain tumors. Oh, wow. So we found out he had cancer, and then three months later, he passed away. Oh, that's fast. So it was very fast. So from there, we moved to East Dallas. We lived in a duplex, and... The duplex in the back of us winded up catching on fire. Oh, so man. from there, we had to move. And my sister, my oldest sister, she lived in Abilene. So from there, we moved to Abilene with her. Um, my mom winded up getting a job at Lowe's Home Improvement Store, 
which is where I met my husband. Okay. He actually worked at Lowe's too. So he was doing Lowe's and part-time um, and going to school full-time to be a firefighter. And this so, is all still in Abilene. Yes, guess, this is right? all in Abilene. He finally worked up the courage to come and ask me out <laughs> on a date. Uh, so from there, we've been together 10 years, mm-hmm. married, uh, 11 years together. Basically, um, we lived with my sister for a while and then winded up having our getting our own house. I lived with my mom and stuff like that. So from there, me and my husband had my daughter, uh, Analia. She's now 11. And uh, we moved to Odessa together. So from Odessa, we lived there about a year. He worked at like a Department of Energy type of place in New Mexico and winded up um, doing like Spotsy. It's called like, it's called Spotsy, but it's basically like a shooting course type of thing. Oh, okay. So Pantex was having that over here that year. So he wanted to try it out for it. He made the team and then he heard about Pantex. So okay. he was like, okay, well, let's go ahead and apply. He got in like a month later, winded up moving all of us over here to Amarillo. Okay. When, when was that? that uh, we moved here Amarillo? about 2011. Okay. Yeah. So from there, I winded up going to cosmetology school. Uh, I graduated cosmetology school in 2012. And I thought that I was going to learn how to do men's hair. So when I was around 14, 15, I knew that I wanted to do men's cuts. I had a friend um, in high school. Her mom owned a salon and she winded up um, letting me go and hang out with her and stuff like that there. And she graduated cosmetology school in high school. And I thought all cosmetology schools were the same, you know, like they teach everything the same. And it's not like that. So I went to cosmetology school thinking that I was going to learn guy hair. So when I got out, I was ready to do hair, but I was ready to do women's hair. Um, It wasn't until a few months later after I graduated, uh, I started cutting my husband's friends. So I was doing like either free haircuts or $5 haircuts and stuff like that just to get the practice in. I knew that's what I wanted to do was guy hair. Um, Why specifically guy hair? Because I I don't know anything about that world. I I would think that it's a little more complex to do women's hair, that guys is a little more simple, or am uh, I wrong about that? No, you're you're right. Well, there's some picky guys out there, too. I can imagine. (laughs) But um, I don't know. I think just growing up around her and, you know, she specialized in just doing men's hair. I think just knowing that, uh, you know, she was doing really good, she was successful and stuff like that, it really pushed me to want to do that too. So I winded up practicing on my husband's friends. I was cutting his hair once a week, and it was like jacked up haircuts. They were not good. (laughs) (laughs) But I finally got the hang of it. I actually still cut his hair once a week. Uh, He likes to be clean shaved and everything like that. I don't know. I I winded up going to barber school, and that was probably about uh, 2018. The barber school had just opened up here in town is Wade Gordon. Mm -hmm. So I went to Wade Gordon Cosmetology School and Wade Gordon Barber School. That was their very first graduate out of the barber school. Um, And that was specifically for men's haircuts? For men's haircuts, yeah. So when I joined the barber school, I already knew how to cut guy hair, you know? I had several guy clients and stuff like that. I think the only difference is the straight razor. Hmm. Um, so that most people don't know the, the difference between barber and cosmetology. So cosmetologists can wax and barbers can straight razor. Okay. 
So now that and I that's have... that's a like, special certification process, I guess. Yes, for it's, those two, two it's two different ones, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm actually licensed in both. So I can do the waxing and I can do the straight razor, which is pretty neat. Most people, you know, can't say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I went to barber school and I finally graduated. And it's called the crossover program. So it was only an additional three months of schooling because I already had my cosmetology license. So from there, um, I applied at a barbershop, first barbershop I've ever worked at. I had never even attempted to it mm-hmm. to do it because I was nervous that I wasn't basically good enough. You know, because you've been doing it like at home, right? I mean, so that was after the fact. Okay. Um, so the cosmetology, I was actually working at, you know, salons and stuff like that. And I just didn't love it, you know, hmm. which is why I pushed to do barber school. And I went ahead and, and went for it. Um, I worked at a barber shop and it was definitely tough to build up clientele. At the time, there wasn't very many women doing men's cuts other than like sports clips, you know, franchises right, and stuff right. like that. But as far as like an actual barber shop, there wasn't very many women out in the industry at that time. So it was definitely uh, very hard to build up the clientele. Uh, I would have guys go in there and they're like, oh, no, I'm waiting for one of the guys. I'm like, OK, you know, <laughs> I I finally started showing them that I can cut. I every once in a while, you know, would get the walk ins and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll let you try and stuff. Well, then the people that were uh, waiting and stuff like that, looking, they're like, oh, yeah, she can cut and stuff. So. I slowly started building up my clientele, and then from there, um, my mother-in-law told me, because she was watching my kids for me, um, I have my son that's six and my daughter that's 11. So, of course, at the time, he was little. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was already in school, but um, he he would basically stay with my mother-in-law. So she was watching him for me, and she was like, well, I think I'm going to move back to Abilene. And I was like, oh, man, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, I'm barely bl- I already built up my clientele. Now I'm like established and um, I don't know what to do. You know, like I'm going to have to completely stop working or put him in daycare, which I didn't want him to go to daycare. She went to daycare and it wasn't a very good experience. So I really didn't want him to go. So I winded up coming up with the idea of making a little barbershop behind my house, Hmm. which is a little shed. (laughs) It's separate from my house. Um, So as soon as you walk up to it, it looks like a barn. Mm -hmm. And when you open the door, it's like a complete other world in there. It was a a whole full barbershop in there, you know. It was just my chair, but it was pretty neat. It had a big, um, I believe it was like 65-inch TV that you can watch. There was a TV above um, whenever I would lean the client back to do a face shave. Cool. They could watch their sports up there. Um, I had an arcade machine. It was just very neat in there. Um, So I was there for about a year and a half. And then I winded up winning Best of Amarillo, um, Best Barbershop in Amarillo in my little shed, which... Yeah, so which you had been doing in yeah, in the backyard shed. Exactly. Okay. So everybody that heard that I won it, they were like, what? You know, like blown away. And it was just me. I was a one-person shop. So when she called me to tell me that I had won Best of Amarillo... And what year was that? Uh, 2019. 2019, yes. okay. Actually, she didn't call me to tell me I won. She called me and told me that I was I was invited to go to the dinner right. to see who won, you know? So it was a top three finalist. So I was like, 
I don't think I win, you know? I, I was like, it's just neat knowing that I made the top mm -hmm. three. So I was just content with that. And my husband's like, are you sure you want to go? And I was like, yeah, let's just go. You know, it's pretty neat that I made the top three. Even if I didn't win, it's fine. You know, it's just me and my little shed barbershop, right, you know, right. <laughs> my little she shed. <laughs> so from there, uh, we went to the the dinner and I winded up getting, you know, best of Amarillo. And the lady told me when she invited me, she was like, how many people are going to go with you to to the dinner and I was like oh it's just me and my husband she's like no how many of your employees and I was like no it's just me and my husband like <laughs> it's just a one person shop yeah she's like what like she could not believe it she's like you've got to be kidding me and I was like no I was like I'm serious you know it's just me and I go actually it's you know behind my house in a little shed so she was just blown away and uh, she was like, you know what? She was like, the people of Amarillo have spoke. She was like, you should definitely open up a shop. And I was like, I've always wanted that. That was like my end game. You know, I wanted to open up a, a barbershop. I was like, but I never got the courage or the little push to do right. it until she called me and told me that I that should That kind definitely. of validated it for you, I yes. guess. She thought, okay. This so is I told my husband, I was like, you know what? Like, this is it. Let's just go for it. Let's go all in and do it. And... A few months later, we winded up opening up the Society Barbershop, um, which was in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, was it before the pandemic or it after? It was before. Okay. So like right before then. Right before, yeah. So it was January 2020 um, that we opened up the Society Barbershop, and then two months later, COVID hit. Right. And I was like, oh my God, like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. I, I didn't know if this was like a bad choice, you know, I was like, is, what am I doing, you know? Uh, we had a closed for two months. From there, I really, really am happy with the community of Amarillo. They are amazing. Um, the barbers, we didn't charge them booth rent during the times because I was like, we're, if we're not able to get the money, where are they going to get the money from? Right, you exactly. know, like they can't pay me booth rent to hold their spot, which I know other shops in town and in other cities were charging booth rent. But I just decided, I was like, no, like that's not right for us to do to our barbers, you know? So what we winded up doing in exchange was to sell a bunch of our barbershop T-shirts. We had already paid for these T-shirts, so they were paid for. They were just sitting there at the shop. I was like, you know what, let's let's make a video and try and help our barbers out to put food on the table. Hmm. Because at that point, nobody was working and you couldn't work legally, you know. Right. So we started selling a bunch of our society barbershop T-shirts and the community really came together and bought T-shirts. And they were just giving the barbers, you know, $100 here, $50 there, uh, just really trying to help us out, which is amazing. That's something that they didn't have to do. Right. So I, I'm really thankful for all of our clients that really pitched in and helped us out, you know, in a bind. So tell me tell me about the barbershop now. I mean, as, as things have resumed, how many how many people do you have working there for you? So I have 11 chairs. There's 10 of us right now. Um, and I, we're actually opening up a second location. Okay. Yeah. So um, so you're the owner and the rest of them are renting, renting know, that, the that booth, space. Yeah. yeah. So they just rent out their chairs and then we basically, you know, provide everything there that they need. Uh, they provide their own clippers and products and stuff like that. Okay. But as far as everything else in the shop, we provide it all. And I, I, I just want to acknowledge like how quickly you've come from you know, having a shed in your backyard with just you to like having one shop with, you know, 10 people working, opening up another shop. I mean, that's a lot in that a couple a of lot. years. Yeah. And, and why do you think, 
Like, why do you think you have grown so quickly? I think the reason for that is because our main focus is customer service. We really strive to to really give an ex, a unique experience to to Amarillo. In the moment that you walk in, you're greeted by everybody. Uh, you're offered a soft drink or a beer. You know, it's all complimentary. Um, so we really strive to give something unique here in Amarillo. And I think it's it's it hasn't been done, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's partially why we have grown so fast. It's just something that Amarillo hasn't seen. And it's, I mean, there, there are a lot of options, like a place like Sport Clips that has, you know, does some extra things mm-hmm. for people. But I mean, those are franchises or those are national chains. And, and you're just someone who started here from scratch. From in scratch. And I'm not even from here yet. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> Um, I, I, I wonder if you, you know, thinking back to where you had to go to work, you know, at 15 or 16, you, you had all that transition and all that, you know, the challenges of your teenage years. Like, did, did you ever see yourself becoming an entrepreneur like you are now? I mean, does this feel weird that you've ended up in this place? It is very weird. It's, it's pretty neat to know, you know, like growing up in Dallas, I feel like it's so overly saturated with people and stuff like that. Like even like the school system, those teachers aren't caring like the ones here in Amarillo. Hmm. Um, I even had a teacher tell me that I wasn't going to amount to nothing and stuff like that. that. But that's the kind of thing that that has an impact on kids, and and you don't realize, you know, the power of whether it's the words of a teacher, whether it's the words of, uh, you know, a, a friend or family friend or somebody like that that can have on a kid's life. Yeah. I just had a really rough time after my dad passed away. So I feel like if the teachers were present, if they knew exactly what I was going through, then they would have understood. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I mean, in, in a place like Amarillo, where maybe the schools are smaller, where maybe the teachers know the families a little better. Um, exactly. It's not always the case in a big Metroplex school. No. Uh, and, and you don't always know what your kids are going through. Yeah. So I had a really rough time. Um, so I'm really happy that I feel like everything happens for a reason, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm not happy that my dad passed away, but in, in some sense, I feel like it happened for a reason. You know, if, if he didn't pass away, then I would have never met my husband. I would have not had my kids and right. stuff like that. I wouldn't have been in, Mar- in Amarillo for sure, you know? Did you have examples of the the kind of um, of business sense or entrepreneurship in your family? I mean, did you have anybody to look to? Or I am the very first of, okay. person. I'm actually, out of my mom's five kids, the very first person to graduate high school. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't have you know, that influence or anything like that in my life. Um, it was just my supportive husband and mm-hmm. he believed in me. So he pushed me to, he continues to push me to succeed and to want more and to, you know, to really get out there and do more. As as someone who's a trailblazer like that, um, do you ever think, you know, kind of about about your future? You know, you've you've got kids um, I, I'm sure you've got, you know, young girls who maybe look up to you and they, they think, oh, here's, you know, 
here's a business owner, someone who owns two barbershops almost. And I mean, do you, do you get a sense that you can be that example to other people? Yeah, for sure. Um, even to my daughter, I mean, she wants to be a barber. She's already, you know, decided that in her head that that's what she wants. So I'm going to look for a high school that offers the cosmetology program and then just kind of do the same thing that I did the crossover. Hmm. So she can be a dual licensed as well. So I, I definitely feel like it's, it's amazing that I can be, you know, uh, looked up to. I've, I've had a number of conversations with guests about entrepreneurship in Amarillo and specifically women-owned businesses, um, because for a long time, um, I, I think maybe women here were less a part of uh, at least the entrepreneurial ecosystem. You know, there were yeah. a lot of women doing great things and, and working, but not always starting their own businesses. Uh, but like recently, I'm running into people all the time who are. And I wonder if you could tell me about that. Did you face any hurdles in, in thinking, I want to start my own business? So I really think just the only hurdle is just about um, trying to build up the clientele. Okay. And I tell the barbers now, even guys, I have guys and women, you know, working, you know, at the shop. So I tell them like, the only hurdle that you're going to face is trying to build up that clientele. And the only way you're going to build it up is to be there. So when I was building up my clientele, I was there from open to close. I would work after hours. I would have guys, you know, go in like the last minute of the day, you know, mm -hmm. to get a haircut. And everybody's like, no, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm like, I'll get you, you know, trying to really push to, to get out there and succeed. So in my head, I wanted to to be fully booked. And that was my goal. And, and I've definitely accomplished that and more, you know? Um, but as far as being a, a woman entrepreneur, it's definitely not something common, especially in the barber industry. Most of the time you hear barber, you picture a guy owning that business, sure, you, you know? Do. So right now in Amarillo, I, I want to say I'm the only female barber shop owner here in town. Do you feel like you've been able to overcome some of the hesitations that that your clients, you know, might have had early on that well, I I just I just need an old man, you know, who cuts guys hair for, <laughs> for you know, has done that forever. I mean, do you feel like you've you've overcome that? I have, and I've actually had I have a bunch of clients that you know, they're they're barbers that they grew up with. They cut their hair, you know, as as young men and stuff like that. Um, they're now retired, so now they're coming to me. Okay, they're like, look, I like just like that want... generation is. Yeah, is they're like, the I just workplace. want like a scissor cut, you know. And I was like, I can do that. Yeah. I have my cosmetology license too, you know. I can do that. And um, they're like, I don't want it, you know, all the way down, skin tight, and stuff like that. And I'm like, I got you. <laughs> yeah. you. You don't just pull out the clippers for everybody. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> is I, I know that. Uh, well, I, I'll ask you this. I, I know that you've been like really strong on social media, whether it's the shop itself on Facebook, whether it's your own Instagram page. Is, is that a big part of, do you think, the success that you've had is yes, how you use sure. that? Uh -huh. um, even whenever I was at that barbershop that I was telling you about, I had started my page there. And so the thing- This is before you even had the shed in your this backyard. This is before then. the okay. shed, Yeah. So the thing with Boothrin is you advertise for yourself or you don't have clientele. Okay. It's plain and simple. Um, we do things a little bit different at the society. We actually advertise for our barbers. There's no other shop in town that does that that's Boothrin. Hmm. So with Boothrin is the owner 
whether you have one client or 150 clients that week, that owner is going to get the same amount of booth rent every single week. Right. So it's kind of the same with us. Whether they have, you know, one or 150, we're still going to get that money. But that's not our end game with our barbers. We want them to succeed as much as we're succeeding. So that's the reason why we push so much on social media to get them out there, to get them known. Um, because we want every single barber in our barbershop to be successful. Yeah, and if they're successful, you're successful. Exactly. Having lived in, I mean, you grew up in Dallas, you lived in Abilene for a while, you lived in Odessa for a while. What have you discovered in Amarillo just in terms of maybe it's personality as a, a community, as a place for you to to raise a family, to start a business? I definitely love Amarillo compared to those you know, Abilene and Odessa, everybody's so welcoming here. You know, they're extremely nice. As soon as we moved here, I knew this is the place that we wanted to stay. Really? Yes. So when we lived in Abilene, I knew I wanted to get out of there. And then we moved to <laughs> Odessa and I was like, oh, heck no. You know, I do not want to live here. What was the difference? Because those are um, pretty similar the- cities, like size-wise, they're a little bit smaller. You so know, Odessa got- for sure was the people. They were very rude, <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> Um, I don't think I have that many Odessa listeners, so that's yeah. okay. <laughs> no, they were rude to just just in general. Like you would go to the store and stuff like that. They'd look at you crazy. And um, Abilene, I feel like it just was too, I don't know, small. Like you can definitely feel that everybody knew everybody, which hmm. I know in Amarillo it's like that too, but everybody here is just welcoming. Okay. Is the business climate... Uh, any different? I know you didn't, you know, own a business when you were there, but like, what's what's the business world like here? Being someone who's in an ownership position at the at this point, I probably because my brother still lives in Abilene, mm-hmm. um, so I feel like I probably he wants me to open up a barbershop over there. Oh, really? but I probably won't. <laughs> I just feel like Abilene is stuck in its ways and it's it hasn't really grown too much. In Amarillo, it just keeps growing and growing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's expanding. I just don't see us opening one up in Abilene yet. Okay. Um, I don't want to say no. And then eventually later on down the road, you know, something happens and we do. But uh, as far as I see it right now, I don't think I would open something up over there. We have considered the Dallas area, though. Hmm. I was going to say, what is the goal? I mean, do you want you've you've created a model that obviously works in Amarillo. Are you looking to take it outside Amarillo? We are. We want to eventually grow the business and have, you know, Dallas, San Antonio, you know, sky's the limit. Actually, you know how we I told you that we're opening a second one here. Our goal was to open a second one in Dallas. Hmm. And I was going to have my sister manage it. So she was supposed to go to barber school and everything like that, too. So she hasn't actually started it yet, which put a, a hold on us opening one up over there. We even took a trip to start looking at places there. Um, but she hasn't started school yet. So we put a hold on that, but eventually we're going to branch out to Dallas and San Antonio and stuff like that. And it's been successful here in Amarillo because you, you sort of began offering something that was different from Mm -hmm. everything else. Do you think that you'll have that same hook in a place like Dallas where there are so many options, where there's so many more people, there's a lot of competition? There is a ton of competition. And I, I realized that when I went, um, to go look, you know, around town and stuff like that, different locations. And I actually saw what was out there. I was I was blown away at um, the competition that's out there. So here in Amarillo, you don't see that very often um, as far as like unique barbershops. Mm-hmm. Uh, over there, it's, it's common, you know, to see that. But I think what we offer 
is is going to be different because of our customer service. Hmm. We we pride ourselves in our customer service. And I think that that's what's going to put us apart from everybody else. I've, I've had guests before say that Amarillo is a great place if you want to try something new because there's enough people to respond to it, but there's not as much competition as in other places. And so it's like that perfect spot yes, to experiment true. with something. Uh-huh. You know, one of the things that, that gets talked about a lot in this city is how much we love local businesses. You know, you'll have Donut Stop you know, be much more popular than Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme, oh, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. People go to Toot and Totem as opposed to, you know, some other convenience store. I, I wonder if that that kind of thing has been beneficial for you and that you have this, you know, this this high-class sort of luxurious barbershop thing that feels like it could be this national chain, but it's not. It's just a local thing. Yes. And I just feel like eventually we're going to, we want to franchise it, mm-hmm. but right now it's just us and we we can't, you know. We're going to work our way to that. Um, but the, the community of Amarillo has definitely helped us out in knowing that this is something that's that's good, you know, that's going to succeed. Um, like you said, you know, you, you come to Amarillo and you try things out to see if it's going to work or not. Well, it's worked for us. It's definitely awesome. <laughs> This episode of Hey Morello is brought to you by the Texas Outdoor Musical. I hope you've been to Paladero Canyon this summer for the musical. If not, you've only got a few weeks left to see it because this season's run ends in mid-August. The show is amazing this year, and if you live in the Panhandle, it is absolutely something you have to experience. Reserve your tickets now at texasshow.com. That's texas-show.com. This episode is also sponsored by SKP Creative, a full-service marketing agency that uses traditional and digital strategies. I asked SKP what they wanted to promote for this episode, and their answer was really simple. They want you to get vaccinated. Amarillo led the nation in vaccine distribution earlier this year, but that rate has stalled out, and now the Delta variant has brought increasing COVID cases to our city. Amarillo is now at level orange after having been at level yellow with fewer restrictions for so many months. The other day I heard one doctor I trust say that if you are still choosing not to get vaccinated, then you're pretty much just making the choice to get COVID. You're rolling the dice. If you don't get it during this wave right now, then you'll probably get it at some point in the future. So go get vaccinated. The city is still hosting regular free vaccine clinics on weekdays and on some weekends. So go do it. Thanks to SKP Creative for the message and for their ongoing support of this show. Okay, I'm back with Abby Rivera of the Society Barbershop. Abby, this is part of the show I call Eight Straight. Eight Straight is sponsored every week by Panhandle Plains Historical Museum and Canyon. It's the largest history museum in Texas, and its collection includes more than 8,000 items in its textile collection. You can learn more at panhandleplains.org. Okay, first question I want to ask you, and and this is one that I've been asking most of my guests for the past few months, is what's one thing the pandemic revealed to you about local people? Okay, so the pandemic definitely revealed that the community of Amarillo is definitely together. Hmm. Whether it's with, like the schools were giving free lunches to the kids. Um, There was different restaurants giving free food, you know, to people that were in need, stuff like that. Um, Again, like the barbershop we had our clients giving us money, stuff like that, uh, that stuff that they didn't have to do. Um, so it's definitely a nice, unique 
community? There were, I, I know that across the state, like like some of the big controversies were related to barbershops and, you know, haircuts and, and what reopened and how people managed that. I, I feel like you were probably on the front line of some of the things reopening and then getting to talk to clients again and all that stuff. And another thing is, Everybody wanted a haircut during yeah. <laughs> COVID. Even though they were stuck at home, yeah. everybody wanted haircuts. It was crazy. Um, I was having people left and right messaging me, wanting me to cut. Well, you have those people uh, who get it every week, and then suddenly they can't. Like exactly. It. And then I heard that some of them were cutting each other's hair, like uh, you know, coworkers were cutting each other's hair. And I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have a, a mess to clean up <laughs> when I get back. You know, <laughs> it was crazy. What does this area have too much of? Definitely wind. All right. Amarillo is crazy with the wind. Um, my, me and my husband went on a date night uh, one day, and he dropped me off in front of X Steakhouse. Yeah. So I got off the car because I had heels on, and as soon as I got off the car, my hat flew off, and there I am, like, chasing it with heels on, and everybody starts chasing this hat, and I'm, like, worried about my hair being all crazy because, you know, when you have a hat on, you have hat hair. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God. So I'm running after it, but it's definitely the wind. There's nothing to block the wind out there. No, no. (laughs) Okay, what does this area not have enough of? I would say it doesn't have enough unique barbershops. Like I touched base with you on that. Um, In Dallas and bigger cities, you see all these different unique experiences Mm -hmm. over there and stuff like that. Like they're kind of high concept barbershops, I guess. Yes, and here I feel like we need to see more of that, more of of that for the community of Amarillo. Is, I, I can imagine there's a type of person who just wants the, the simple barbershop, you know, the, the little red, white, and blue sign, and they want to go sit down with somebody they've known for 30 years and get their haircut. But there's another section of people that, like, they do want an experience, or they want some pampering, or they want, you know, the TVs on the ceiling. Yes. And, and there's, a, there's a place to, like, kind of hit both of those targets. It's true, yes. Um, but I feel like... Our barbershop is very like urban, but then we also cater to our older clientele as well. Okay. So it's a little bit of both. Whether it's a an urban feel or an old fashioned feel, like really it's about the relationship that a barber has that with the client. I mean that you trust client. each other and, and that's why people come back. Yes. Okay. How do you describe Amarillo to people outside this area? It's definitely home. Um I knew it from when we first moved here. I told my husband, I absolutely love it here. Um, I didn't know anybody. I I just feel like it's a great place to raise your kids. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely home. When you when you compare it to um, you know your family members that might still live in Abilene or Dallas, I mean, do you tell them this is this is how it's different here? Yes, and I try to convince them to move down here too. Yeah, yeah I I miss my family. I miss having them around and stuff like that. Um, so we don't really have, you know, family here. I have my sister-in-law that lives here in town, but, um, as far as like my side of the family, mm-hmm. um, we don't have anybody here. So got I got to open up new shops and have them run it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite street in Amarillo? Um, I would probably have to say Western just because my barbershop's on 34th and Western. Um, there's a lot of neat places to go down Western too. Is there a reason you chose that location for your shop? It 
I mean, it's, it's, it's very more, central like, that's, in the that's city. That's what I was about to say. It's more centralized. So I wanted something that was going to target both sides of town. Okay. So I didn't want to lean more one way than the other, and especially for our first shop. So I wanted, I wanted it to be more centralized. Okay. Do you have a sense that there's a, a part of the demographic that is more likely to come to your shop? I mean, is it more men working in a blue-collar kind of setting? Is it, you know... People yeah. in a professional office place say, I mean, do you know who your clients are? Or is it uh, We have a variety everybody? of it. everybody. Yeah, I have people from Dumas coming to us. Wow. Um, Stanet and, you know, different towns around here that they come all the way to us, to the barbershop. So even if you were in one part of town or another yeah, part of town, exactly. they'd probably still find still, their way to you. Yeah, I have people from River Road and stuff like that. Okay. What's your favorite local restaurant? Oh, that's that's a hard one. Um I would have to say between La Bella's on Olsen and Bangkok, Tokyo. Okay. Those two, um, I feel like as soon as you walk into either one, you're very welcomed, you know, greeted as soon as you you go into the door. La Bella's on Olsen, anytime we have get-togethers or anything like that, we just pick it up to go. But I don't think most people know that they have a dine-in section. Mm-hmm. And the people that work there are amazing. They... They cater to you. They do an amazing job. I'm glad you brought that up. I think Bangkok, Tokyo has gotten a lot of love from guests on this podcast. I don't know that Labella's has been mentioned yet. Oh, really? But like... And they have a full bar there. They now... They do. And yeah, they now offer uh, different beers, different um, drinks and stuff like that. I want to say... So Jim, the owner, he mm-hmm. actually comes to me. Uh, I do his beard and head shave. And he was telling me that he has one of the bigger bars here in town, like as far as variety goes. Um, and he just got his license in to start uh, selling, you know, more stuff there. So it's definitely something that most people don't talk about, but mm-hmm. I feel like most people should know about it, you know? Yeah. And locally owned. Too, yeah, so. exactly. Okay. What's your favorite local coffee shop? So there's a ton of coffee shops in town, but I think uh, Roasters is my favorite. Okay. Yeah, I love the caramel macchiato and the caramel fraps. All right. Um, last question is, when was the last time you visited Paladero Canyon? <laughs> um, I would say, I think it's 2012. So wow, it's, that's a I long know, time ago. I know, I know. So right after you came here? Yeah, basically. Okay. So I'm not an outdoorsy person, but if you haven't been to Paladora Canyon, that's definitely something you must see. You have to experience it. And even when my family come into town, I feel like we're always busy, but I've been trying to get them to go over there. They've only been, we've been here about um, nine years or so, Mm -hmm. and they've only been here to Amarillo about five times. So all those times that they've come, I've tried to convince them to go, and we have yet to go again. Okay. <laughs> but it's well, now you have a goal so- for the next time they oh, come. Oh, yeah. It's definitely something you need to experience. Okay, Abby, that concludes the eight straight questions. I like to close by asking my guests to endorse something. So what's one thing that you would want listeners to know about or to experience? So what I think is that the listeners should definitely shop local. Mm-hmm. Um the pandemic hit everybody, so I feel like um, shopping local is definitely going to sh- going to help that mom and pop shops. That's absolutely true, and I think that's one of the things that I've seen. Maybe, maybe it's been surprising, maybe not as surprising, but so many people, like I think, came out of the pandemic recognizing that, and it's just been like without a campaign or anything, yeah. you know, 
publicly, like that's just what people are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's amazing. And I, I for sure think that the city of Amarillo definitely helps out with that, you yeah. know, shopping local. Um, they're very, I guess, strong-willed towards that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Abby Rivera, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank I appreciate it. Thank you so much it. for having me. And that concludes the episode. I want to say thanks to Abby for the interview. You can learn more about her barbershop at the Society Barbershop TX. or look them up on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks to Angelina Marie for editing the show every week and to this week's sponsors, Jimmy John's, SKP Creative, and the Texas Outdoor Musical. Don't forget to reserve your Beer Fest tickets today at bit.ly slash beerfest21. And I hope to see you on Saturday, this Saturday, July 31st. This podcast exists every week because of listeners like you and the local people who support it financially through patreon.com slash heyamarillo. And I'm so grateful folks who support the show. Hey, Amarillo's executive producers include Jason Burr, Jess Heredia, Katie Linger, Barbara and Jim Witten, Corey Burns, Chris Zelda, Josh Wood, Wilson Lemieux, Patrick Burns, and Wes Reeves. This has been episode 207. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>